0: How's everyone doing this morning? Good. You guys have a good Christmas holiday. The good news is the next holiday is like six short months away, <laughs> end of May, so hunker down. <laughs> no more vacations for anyone. Uh, an, another Christmas season has, has kind of come uh, and gone uh, for uh, for all of us, and one of the things as I walk away from uh, that season that I was reminded of is that the very best gifts Uh, in life that are given to uh, children are the gifts that are also enjoyed by the parents. And so I was reminded of this because uh, my in-laws were kind enough uh, to give the boys, Cademan and Noah, a ping pong table. And uh, I also happened to uh, like playing a little ping pong. And so I was was very excited when I got to Dick's Sporting Goods a week before we left for Michigan. I, I snuck over there and I I got a ping pong table and it's kind of in a big box. You know, it's it's large. It's a big piece of lumber So it's difficult to hide. You can't really uh, put it under the bed or in the closet at home And so I strategically placed it uh, kind of right in the middle of the garage And I I put some christmas bins on top of the ping pong table about six bins And uh, and there it laid and I thought well the boys are going to see it you know before Christmas they 're going to know what they got, and uh, if they ask me any questions i 'm going to do what any loving truth telling parent uh, would do i 'm going to lie i 'm going to be like, "Noah, a good kid is getting that ping pong table like you boys are not getting that. some other child is is going to get that but but thankfully they, they didn 't find out about it, and so we left for Michigan with the ping pong table sitting in our uh, garage i was I was kind of half hoping that when we returned home that the ping pong table would would kind of magically be put together um, because I'm not the handiest dude in the world. And uh, I had this vision, I I really did, that that the garage door would open when we returned home and the ping pong table would be there with like a big white bow, like the Lexus commercial, but like $48,000 cheaper. And like there would be the ping pong table, but it, it, it didn't happen. Uh, the way that I wanted it to. And so the responsibility fell on me to assemble uh, the ping pong table, which for, for most people, I, I don't think for most, maybe men in particular, maybe a large uh, portion of the women in the world, they, they wouldn't have any problems doing that. But I was a little concerned because when I went online and did my research, um, I read on Amazon that, hey, it's a, it's a great table. Um, but, but someone said, I consider myself pretty handy. And it took me eight hours to assemble. Right. And so in my mind, I'm thinking I need a week and a half's worth of vacation to put their Christmas gift together Uh, because I was worried that I wouldn't be able to do it because it it, it didn't come as a finished product. Right. But but it was meant to be assembled. It was meant to be uh, enjoyed. It was meant uh, to bring memories to uh, a family. Right. Uh, But it involved some work. It, It didn't just happen. When, when God saves us, when he calls us to himself, uh, there is some assembly that is required, right? He saves us to assemble us. We don't kind of come into the game as finished products, right? And oftentimes this assembly that takes place in your life and in my life, what we call sanctification, the, the process of being changed Uh, into the image of Christ is is hard work, Uh, and it's work that we're involved in, right? And so this morning, I want to encourage us as a church uh, to to aggressively and joyfully uh, pursue spiritual growth uh, in your life. I want you to uh, expect that God is going to do something uh, in your life this next year, that he's going to change you, and I want you to know that you're a part of of that process. This is what the Apostle Paul uh, teaches the church at Philippi in Philippians chapter 2. And so if you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me to Philippians uh, chapter 2. I want to look at verses uh, really 12 and 13 uh, this morning. Uh, Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only Uh, As in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation uh, with fear and trembling. Uh, Work out your salvation uh, with fear and trembling. When you first read uh, the second half of verse 12, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. uh, I I read that initially and I go, "Okay, what, what does that mean? What does it mean to work out your salvation? Because scripture teaches us in other places that salvation isn't, isn't about our works. It's not about our good deeds. It's not about our own personal effort uh, to earn something that, that we don't have. Uh, and so what, is, what does this passage mean when it says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, whenever I come across a passage that's difficult in Scripture, it's, it's wise to kind of take a step back and to look at a particular passage in the context of, of a paragraph or in the context of a book or the New Testament or the Old Testament, because you want to understand uh, what it means. And Scripture teaches us in multiple places that our salvation doesn't come uh, through our efforts, through good works, but uh, by uh, by faith, right? There are multiple places in Scripture uh, where we're taught that our standing before God comes not through our own personal effort, uh, but through the the finished effort of Jesus Christ. And so, what does Paul uh, mean when he calls this church to uh, to work out their salvation uh, with fear and trembling? That's what I want us uh, to consider and to talk about uh, this morning. See, our sanctification, our Are being changed into the image of Christ uh, doesn't happen uh, by accident, right? It doesn't happen by osmosis, right? We're involved uh, with this process. If you've had uh, children before, if you have children now, one of the greatest joys that a parent has is when their children are sleeping. Uh, They're not making a lot of noise. They're not crying or fussing or asking for stuff. They're they're sound asleep. I remember when we would travel as a family and our our boys in particular would fall asleep late at night. I I loved that. I loved being able to to take them out of their car seat and and slide them into their crib and and try not to wake them or disturb them. But I found as I've I've gotten a little older, as they've gotten a little older, that it's not as easy to grab a 50-pound child um, out of the car late at night um, to let them use the bathroom, to put them in their pajamas, and to tuck them into bed without having them wake up. Right? It's, it's a challenge. It's very difficult. It's like handling a, a fifty-pound fish out of water. And so I, I can pull Cademan or Noah out of the van, and, and they're just kind of like this. And I, I bring them upstairs, and I try to encourage them while they're sleeping to use the bathroom, which is always challenging. Just for boys in general, but specifically for sleeping boys. And, and so we try to get them to, to use the bathroom and I put their pajamas on and I, and I slide them in the bed in and they show absolutely no effort, right? They do not help me out at all, right? Right? they're there's taking it in, right? They're taking it in. We do not grow spiritually like that, right? There, there's, effort that's involved on our part it says work out your salvation uh, with fear and trembling right so it it takes it takes some sort of effort it 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 doesn't just happen so so what does it look like to to work out your salvation with fear and trembling right when i think of work i think of effort right It, it takes effort there's some there's some sweat, there's some blood, sweat, and tears involved in, in spiritual growth. Uh, t- take, for instance, um, scripture reading. Right? One of the ways that we grow spiritually, one of the ways as a people of God, that we grow into the image of Christ as, as we spend time in, in the word of God. We believe that God's spoken to us, that he hasn't remained silent, that his word is, is living and active, that, that the stories on these pages, they, they matter, like they, they happened. And God uses these words to, to change us. And so one of the ways that we grow spiritually is we spend time in the word. But can I tell you, there, there are times when that is difficult to do. But it's just it's just hard. And it's hard for a number of reasons. It's hard. It's hard in part because there are a million distractions that come at us each and every day. I mean, there there are so many things in the world that is vying for our attention and to come to a point in life when we set those aside and we say, no, Lord, I, I want to hear from you from your word. It takes effort and so there are times when I wake up in the morning and I say, I, I want to I be in the Word. I want to hear from the Lord. I want my eyes to be open to, to who God is. I want to understand His character. But I, but I open up my computer to, to hop on the Word, and I notice there are, there are headlines there, right? And, and yesterday, for instance, there's, there's a couple football games. And, and I didn't see one of them, so I didn't know who won. I didn't know who won the late game. And so when I wake up in the morning, I go, oh, look, look. score, right? Did did the saints pull it off or did the Eagles win? And and I look and I go, oh, the saints won by a field goal. When did they kick it? So I got to read the story. And so I'm in the story. And and then I see something else. There's headlines all over, you know, important events that are happening. And I need to know what they are, because if I show up on Sunday morning and there's a catastrophe, if there's an event that everyone's thinking about and I don't mention it, then people are going to think I'm out of touch. Right. And so I want to look at the headlines. I want to go to the Wall Street Journal or CNN or Fox News. I want to see what's happening in the world today. And oftentimes, I'll I'll see that there are some important stories. There's some world events that are probably worth catching up on. But but then there's just a bunch of, like, fun stories. There's, like, top 10 and top 50 and top 100 movies and songs and foods and burgers and drinks and all this. And so it's like, so I just— I'm. There's distractions, right? There, there are a million distractions in life. And the distractions are different for, for all of us. Sometimes it's a story on the computer. Sometimes it's, it's work or, or, or children. or It can be any number of things. And so I feel like each and every day there's this part of me that, that says, I want to I be nourished by the word. I want to I hear the word. I want to hear from the Lord. I, wa- I want to know what he has for me. But, but it's hard because I'm distracted. And so scripture says, work, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So when I come to the word, it's going to take work. Right? Sometimes it takes work because I read things that I don't understand. And I went to public school. Right? I turned out okay. I turned out okay. Love my public school. I'm not the smartest guy in the world, right? I can show you my test results, my scores. I'm really not going to show you them, but, but I didn't. I didn't I didn't graduate the top of my class graduated in my class right so so I mean there's things that I read that I, I just don't understand and there's things that I read in the word and I and I don't understand I go man I, I think this is what it's saying but I, but I just read somewhere else something else that seems almost contradict what I just read and I, and I'm thinking okay I, I need to think through this because I know God's word doesn't contradict itself and so so i wrestle with that i spend time reading through the minor prophets and i scratch my head and i go what huh like i i mean i i'm I come to the word i, I want to get something from the word i want to spend time with the lord but I, sometimes i read and i go i just don't understand that and i'm listening to the book of revelation the other the other week and uh and i'm just listening to it and i'm going man this this sounds like it sounds like lord of the rings a whole lot more than it does Charlotte, North Carolina, right? And so, I mean, there's, there's stuff I'm reading that I, I don't understand. And so I go, okay, I got to wrestle with this. Well, it's, it's work. Right? Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's not, it's not saying work for your salvation. It's saying this is the, the practical outworking of the Christian life right there, there's growth that takes place it's it's different um, following the lord in order to be accepted by god and following the lord because you are accepted by god i don't know if we're sons and daughters we're accepted by him that's taken care of but there's this practical outworking of the christian life right and so we come to something like the word and, and it, it takes discipline it takes effort and i think sometimes we look at discipline and effort in the christian life and we go well that And that's a that's a bad thing. I think, you know, some of us have come from from maybe more legalistic backgrounds. You know, I don't don't know if you've come from a legalistic background, but you you could be the type of person that reads the Bible six days a week and people are asking you when you're going to get serious about the Lord, right? Like, like, I don't know if you've come from a culture like that, but sometimes when you do, uh, you kind of bristle against that. You want to you want to push back and you go, man, I don't I don't want to hear about that you know, read the word or pray or, or discipline or work or effort because we want, we want to push away from that. But you know what? Reading the word isn't legalism. Read, reading the word isn't legalism. Uh, like Having a dynamic prayer life isn't legalism. Like, like serving joyfully isn't, isn't legalism or giving generously isn't legalism. Like if we look at those things that we do and, and say, because I do those, I'm spiritual, or, or because I do those things, God accepts me. Or because I do those things that I'm more spiritual than the person sitting next to me. Well, that, that's legalism. That, that's an issue. But, but reading the word isn't legalism in and of itself. It's just wise. Because right? God's communicated to us through his word. Right? So I, I read this from Paul. Work out your salvation uh, with fear and trembling. And there's this part of me that goes, okay, like I'm, I'm involved in this. Like God's changing me, but somehow I'm involved, and it, and it takes work, right? It takes effort, and uh, and I think sometimes we we miss that, forget about it. We think that that change in our lives is just going to be something that happens, and it doesn't happen. It doesn't just happen, right? God God moves in us, and so if you're if you're here this morning, when I, when I talk about work or when I talk about discipline. And man, and you're someone that you you feel like you always struggle with that, like you feel like the Christian life is so marked by effort and what you do for God, and not what God has done for you. Like I, I want you to, I want you to feel a sense of freedom in in this. Like I, I don't want you to to leave and feel this heaviness. Like oh, I failed again, or here we go with a list of rules and regulations again. Because like, sometimes we're just constantly reminded about how we don't measure up and i don't want you to hear that this morning but but if you're here this morning and you're um, you're just lethargic in your spiritual life or or you're just lazy i'm like I've, I've been there before i think in those moments we need to hear you know what this takes some effort this this takes some work and so i i want us to, to leave this morning and, and think to ourselves what am what am i doing personally to pursue a spiritual growth in my life i just just ask yourself that question what what are you currently doing right now to pursue spiritual growth in your life I don't ask that question to condemn you or heap guilt upon you it's just a question worth asking right if god is in the business of changing us if he's assembling us if he's moving in our lives just ask what what am, I, what am I doing to be a part of that? And maybe there's some things in your life that you need to continue to do. Maybe there's some things that you need to start doing. Or maybe there's some stuff that you need to stop doing. Maybe you need to, to kind of move away from the, the clutter in your life so you can focus more on your relationship uh, with, with the Lord. But this call, though, to, to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, I, th- I think it's kind of a serious thing, is it not? I mean, it says there's a certain way that we're supposed to do it. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Or, or work out your salvation with, with awe and reverence. Right? And so there, there's, a, there's a way that we're to do it. it. It seems at the very least it's something that we're, as a people of God, we're supposed to take seriously. That we're not supposed to be lethargic or laid back about it. We're not supposed to think for a moment that it it just simply happens. Like it should be high on our priority list. It should be something that that we think about. It should be something that uh, that we pray toward. Uh, It should be something that that we become passionate about. Uh, Another point that I think is important to to draw out from this text is that when Paul writes to this church at Philippi, uh, he's not simply writing to individuals. Uh, He's writing collectively uh, to the church. And so the change that takes place in us, when God moves and acts in our lives, uh, he does so in the context of community. Right? So your spiritual change is not a solo act. Right. We're not lone rangers. It's not something that we do removed from the, from the greater church community. It's not something where we, where we kind of pull back and we say, well, I'm going to figure this out all by myself. No, instead, Paul writes to a community of believers. Right. It, it, takes, it takes more than one person to to grow spiritually. I can't pull back from everyone in the world and simply look at myself in the mirror every day and expect to see uh, spiritual growth or change in my life. It just doesn't happen that way. When I was uh, putting together the, the ping pong table, it came with some instructions. And uh, I have them here. Actually, those aren't them. But it, it seemed like those were them. But I, these are these are the instructions for the ping pong table. And there there was this part that Uh, that i read i thought man this is so this isn't inspired by the way it's this they're just instructions right for a ping pong table i mean they really are but 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 i read this and i thought man this is this is so this is so true it says read and follow all assembly operating and safety instructions carefully at least two and then in parentheses the number two adults are needed to put this table together right so it's saying to me like, hey, dummy, like, you can't do this by yourself, right? You, you need help. Later on in the instructions, it, it says, warning, warning. Right? The, the lights were flashing when I looked at this. Warning, at least two adults are needed to complete the rest of this assembly, right? So they're saying, you've gone far enough all alone, right? They say, you, maybe you made it to step number 20, all by yourself, but no more. Right? It says two adults are needed for the rest of this assembly. The last sentence says, do not attempt to assemble alone. I I think there's a a spiritual application in that. And don't try to grow alone. Don't be a lone ranger. You can't do it. Right? You, You need help. And so when I when I got to step number 20. I called for help. What's so funny? <laughs> you, you didn't help me, but it, 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 involved, it involved lifting. So I, I called, not that you're not strong, you're strong, but you had to lift the table onto... It's confusing. It's step number 20. <laughs> I'll, ex, I'll explain it. We don't, we don't grow spiritually all by ourselves. We, we can't do it alone. And so I feel like there, there, there's, a, there's warnings all throughout Scripture that says you, you need help. You can't do it by yourself. You can't, you can't be a lone ranger. Do you, have, do you have people in your life that you allow to come alongside of you uh, to help in the assembly process? Do you, have, do you have people in your life that are willing to say hard things or difficult things uh, or challenging things to you, um, knowing that God's going to use those things to form and shape you? Or the or the minute that happens, do you, do you kind of bristle and go, man? I don't want that voice in my life. God's working in you. He's He's putting you uh, together. It, it takes work. It's it's a community uh, project, right? It doesn't happen uh, all by yourself. So maybe you're here this morning and you think, you know what? I I hear that. You know that's <clears throat> that's great, uh, but I feel like the thought of putting forth effort, of, of working uh, for spiritual growth. I'm, I'm just tired, right? Have you ever been there before? Like beginning part of the year, it's like a new year, a new start, new goals. And then a week into it, 10 days into it, it's wheels off, right? And you're like, man, I got to wait to 2015 to do this thing again, right? Because you have the best of intentions, right? But, but you just feel like it doesn't work. Right? You've been going at this for a while now. And so you're tired and you're weary. Maybe you're here this morning and you've, you've tried and you've failed. You're like, hey, I've, I've been there. <laughs> I've done that. I've seen every Bible reading plan in the world. And all of them include numbers. All right, So I'm not going to be able to read through the Bible in a year. Right? You, you've tried and, and you've failed. And you, and you feel that. right? I mean, there's this part of you that says, I want that. Like, I want I to want change, James. I, I want spiritual growth in my life. I want a strong and robust faith. Like, I, I want that. I long for that. I desire that. But I don't have that. And, and I'm tired, and I've tried, and I've failed. Maybe here this morning, and you say, you know what? I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't want that. God, I, I want a lot of other things before I want that. I mean, there's a lot of things I want to work on I, don't, I want to work on my my finances I want to I want to work on my abs right I want to work on you know, retirement. I want to work on my, my children because Lord knows they need it there 's lots of things that that we say we, we want to work on, but maybe this morning we go man i, I just I don 't I don't want that i, I don 't want it the way that, that I should want it right? so, so maybe you 're here this morning. And and the call to work out your salvation with fear and trembling is heavy. And you you feel a certain weightiness when I say that. Here's the hope that you and I have. And and, and this is is huge. It's verse 13 of Philippians 2. Look at Philippians 2, uh, 13. And work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And then verse 13 says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Right? For, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Right? If you're going to underline one of those verses, underline verse 13. All right. So, so there's this call to, to work out your salvation. There's, there's effort there. Okay, we're involved. I mean, God's calling us to do something. He's calling us to action. He's calling us to move. Right? We're not children who have fallen asleep, who can't lift our arms. No, they, move. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 13, four, It is God who is working in you. All right? God is working in you. Right? He started a work in your life that he is going to finish, right? We are not the primary change agents in our lives. It is not up to us to be the kind of people that God wants us to be. God is working in you and he's working in me, right? He's the one moving. What does verse 13 say that he's doing? God's working in us both to will and to work for his good pleasure, Right? God is moving in us to will and to work for his good pleasure. The reason that we move in life is because we, we want to. Right? The reason that we make the decisions that we make is because we want to make them. Right? We're motivated by our desires. We're, we're motivated by the things that we love or the things that we long for. And when, when I read this, I think what Paul is saying is he's saying God is, is moving in your heart to desire Something that you don't have Right. He, he's changing our affections. I love what what augustine said uh, Augustine uh, wrote god makes us do what he pleases by making us desire What we might not desire god makes us do what he pleases by making us desire what we might not desire Do you, do you ever notice as you go through life that your desires change? I mean, they, they do. Your your appetite changes, things that you didn't like five years ago or 50 years ago you like now. I hated broccoli growing up, and now it's like a treat, right? I don't tell my parents that because I was, you know, none too happy around the dinner table whenever they would give it to me. But my, my appetite is, is is changing. There's things that I like now that I didn't like before. Cademan told me this morning before we, we came to church, um, Dad, I, I think I'm done with the rainbow loom, right? Brian talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I mean, parent, this is a big deal. This is a big, he's like, I'm done with that, all right? I ran with it for three weeks, all right? I, I took all my loose change. I bought packages of rubber bands for $1.50, but now I'm done with it. So he said to Noah, would you like to buy uh, my, my rainbow loom bands? He did this. He's like, for $50. And Noah's like, no. He's like, 20. And Noah's like, no. He goes, I'll give it to you for a dollar. Right, he he just wants to offload it now. Like he doesn't even care about it anymore, because his his desires for one reason or another are changing. Apparently, he's he's growing older and more mature. Right, so he's not making rubber band bracelets. But that that wasn't the case three weeks ago. Like he he wanted his Christmas to revolve around rubber bands, but but now he's he's different. Well. In our spiritual walk with the Lord, there, there's times where God changes our affections. Right there, there's there's things that we long for at some point in life, where, where for one reason or another, we don't long for it anymore. Right there, there's a time when we think kind of the sun and the world revolves around us, and then and then God begins to to change us, and we go, and all all those things aren't so important to me anymore. You, do you remember the, the the first time when you? When you appreciated giving a gift more than you did receiving a gift? Do you remember when that happened for you? I I still remember in sixth grade. I was in sixth grade, and I I wrote this little journal entry for my sixth grade teacher. And I wrote, I don't even know. Like, they had this little shop that you went to, you know, during the school day. And you could buy your parents, like, a magnet for $5 of, like, a goose. And, like, this trinket stuff. They're just, like trinket stuff but i remember like getting Corey's upset because he didn't get anything uh uh he's like i don't know what you're talking about no they they wanted us to you know to give gifts to our parents and so we would go our, our parents would give us a little bit of money and we would we would go and we would, we would buy gifts for our parents and I, and I remember i remember writing that that i experienced more joy in in giving a gift to my mom than than i did in in getting a gift and i don't say that i mean if you're thinking about giving me a gift in the future, I'm not. I'm not beyond it. All right. All right. So I still appreciate it and love them. But but there was that sense where I just felt like God was changing. I mean, he was just doing something in me. He was changing me. And, and God does that in His kids. He He changes us. God God is working in us uh, to to change our desires and our affections. And 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 also He He is the one who is providing. The, the doing. He, he is working not simply um, with us, but in us, right? So it's not kind of this 50-50 relationship where you do your part for the Lord and God does his part for you, right? That's what they call uh, synergism. We don't, that's not how it works, right? God is working in us to change our hearts and our affection. Right. He is doing the work. So I I read a text like this and I think about us as as a church. I think about us as a congregation. And there's there's a few things I think we can walk away from as as we walk through this this morning. Um, And if if you if you don't pray a prayer of gratitude uh, to the Lord for for working in your life, I think today would be a good day to start just to go, God, thank you that this isn't all up to me. Thank you that that the weight of of the world of my change doesn't rest solely upon my shoulders, but but upon your grace and your goodness. I just think there are times in life when we always need to go back to verse 13. And the reason I I believe that is because I think there are times when we step back and we go, I'm going to work this year. I mean, I'm going to put forth some effort. And, And sometimes we're mildly successful and sometimes we're not. And we just need to go back and say, okay, God, you're, you're working in me. I believe that you're working in me. And, and just to rest in that. Okay, so I think, I think we walk away with that prayer. But, but I hope there's this sense when we read this passage, too, where we go, okay, God, um, what, what do you want to do in my heart this year? Like, like how do you, you want to work in me? Are, are, you, are you stirring my heart for me to move? right, to, to pray that prayer. God, would would you move in, in my heart, and then when, would you show me how you want me to take the next step? Right, whether that's, okay, I'm, I'm going to pursue spiritual growth by by developing the discipline of being in the Word of God, or I'm going to pursue spiritual growth by, by communicating with the Lord and just, just talking to Him in prayer, or I'm going to pursue spiritual growth by, by, by serving, right? and I want to take that next step. I want to go somewhere. I want to do something. I don't know what it is, but just Just to commit yourself to say, when I have an opportunity to move and go, I'm going to move and go. One of the things that I'm most excited about this next year at Renaissance is I I believe that um, we we want there to be a a renewed desire and longing for us to be a people who go into our community and in the world uh, with the good news of the gospel. In our announcements this morning, I'm going to talk to you about an informational meeting. Um, we're, We're looking at the possibility of going to Honduras in the summertime. Uh, to start an orphanage there with an organization called uh, Children's Impact Network, right? And so we're going to we're going to open it up, and we're going to say, okay, this is an opportunity that that maybe the Lord is giving to us. Would you consider going? Maybe, maybe growth for you this next year is going. Yeah, I'll head to that meeting. Like, I don't I don't know what that looks like for me, but I'll I'll find out more information. I'll, I'll pray about going. Maybe, maybe it means just pouring into your your neighborhood organizations that we support as a church or organizations that you're passionate about to say all right i'm just i'm going to serve this year and i'm going to see how god uses that to form and shape me i just i want us to be a people who are serious about spiritual transformation and about our own growth but i also want us to be a people who are steadfast and confident in the knowledge that it is god who is changing us that it's his work that he's changing our hearts and our affections uh, and he's doing it ultimately uh, for his good pleasure. He's doing it for his name's sake. So let's pray and ask the Lord uh, to help us. God, thanks so much for your grace and for your goodness to us. Thank you. Thank you for your word, Lord, that you've, you've spoken to us, that, uh, that, that we believe and that we trust these, these words are uh, from you. And because of that, we have hope as we walk with you that uh, you are in the process of assembling us. You're in the process of changing us and you've invited us uh, to be a part of that process and so lord i pray this year you would give us um eyes to see areas where you want us to move and i, I pray that you would grant to us the willingness and the obedience to move uh, when you reveal those places to us god i thank you so much this morning for verse 13 i thank you uh, that that you are the one who is moving and acting in us lord you're, you're changing our desires our affections our our will you're uh, enabling us and working in us and you're doing it for your name's sake and i rejoice in that this morning there is so much hope in that truth and so we thank you for it this morning god we love you we thank you so much for loving us we pray these things in jesus name and by your spirit amen why don't you stand with me as we sing together